This week, there's scary stuff. Should we be worried about the kids in the audience? Nah, it's alright, it's culture! Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kinda like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Welcome everyone once again to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. My name is Brian, and this week my friends Chris and Eric will join me to talk about one of my perennial Christmas movies. The one, one of the ones I watch every year. It's the best version of A Christmas Carol, in my humble opinion. It's The Muppet. Christmas Carol, which is celebrating its 30th anniversary this year. Um, there's also, as usual, our our section called The Fresh Shit, where we talk about newer things that we've been watching, reading, and doing. So if you want to get straight to the Muppets, check the show notes for the timestamp. And uh, fast forward to that point, it's about, probably about halfway through or half hour into the podcast, something like that. Anyway, check the show notes for the exact number. And hey... I'm going to throw in an extra bonus piece of Fresh It here in the intro. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but folks, I went and saw Violent Night this weekend with David Harbour and John Leguizamo, and it didn't make the show, but if you're hearing this show in 2022 and it's still in the theaters and you're in the mood for mm, maybe something a little bit alternative to the typical Christmas treacle, this one is just the ticket. If you've seen the preview and you're down for it, it's exactly what it says it is on the tin. Check it out. It's great. We're going to be on hiatus till the end of 2022, so we're going to hear a couple of our traditional rerun episodes. We'll put some Christmas uh, spirit into you, but there'll be episodes from past years, and then we'll be back in January with all the usual trimmings. So... While you're waiting, why not subscribe to the podcast and rate it on iTunes and share it on your social media feeds. If you uh, want to find all our old episodes and find all the ways to reach out to us, you can go to our website, maghuge.com, M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com. Check it out. And hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. Stop what you're doing, because I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. My name is I look funny. But yo, I'm making money. See? All the the dormy yeah. um I forgot. It's it's a Muppet Digital Underground. God damn it. <laughs> there should be classes in how to start a show. <laughs> yeah. We would fail every time. Every oh, we would teach. We do fail. Yeah. Every time. We anyway, hey, I'm, uh, hey everybody. Hey, I'm Chris. Hey, start to a podcast, huge- son. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast, everybody. Uh, let's do the names. My name is Brian. My name is Eric. I'm still Chris. Uh, welcome All right, to the and show. I'm gonna I'm gonna start trying to say this at the beginning of episodes. If you came here specifically for the Muppet Christmas Carol, check the show notes. There's this timestamp, and you can find that if you want to skip ahead. Um, but it's probably about a half hour in. Anyway, yeah, on with the show. On with the show. Onwards with with the show. Everybody uh, getting in that Christmas too. spirit? What? I'm watching Christmas movies. I yeah. did a podcast about it last week. Yeah. Yeah. It's snowing. I'm still, we got snow. Yeah. It's it's like, it's it's not sticking, but we've got snow, and so it looks very Christmassy. Having yeah. grown up in Arizona, it's very weird to see snow still. I agree. We got rain all all day yesterday, and it wasn't like the angry Arizona rain. It was like normal rain, like you get in Portland and the rest of the year. Yeah. And... I I'm I don't know what to make of it because it ain't snow either. Yeah. But, what yeah. is this? Well, it's it's been uh, cold here in the Chicago area. We actually got snow a few weeks ago for the first of the year, so that was fun. Like walking around the weekend prior to Thanksgiving in downtown, watching like Macy's all decked out, and they were getting ready for the parades and whatnot. But it was snowing. I'm like, this is so weird. I'm like, I might actually feel Christmasy this year. It's freaking me out, man. So. I'm with you, Eric. It's good stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it certainly feels Christmassy year. Um, we, we have blow-up things on our lawn, too. We, we're those kinds of people. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> oh, but God. all of our blow-up things have uh, rainbows and or unicorns. They're like tangentially Christmas. It's, yeah. it's pretty awesome. I gotta, I, I'll send you a picture. <laughs> 
My my brother sent me a picture of a yard um, with, that had a lot of blow up things that that weren't on, so they were all just kind of lying on the ground. But in the center was a Yoda holding a lightsaber, so it looks like he had <laughs> killed all of the things. I'm like, that's perfect. I mean, good job, everybody. It's you know, it is what it is. It's I like <laughs> I like the the Christmas displays that do the mix of the religious and the secular. It's just uh, I don't know if it's like the people saying "fuck you" to one side or the other, but it's just always amusing to me the the melding of the two. It's just that's yeah. that's Christmas to me. It's like I'm not religious, but I'll I'll do Christmas. But uh, yeah, so Yoda with the lightsaber that's that's good. That's good. Where's I, Jesus? I, I tell you what, though, <laughs> anybody who mixes secular with non secular. To religious people, they are being secular because you're not supposed to admit that there's two sides to that argument. There's only <laughs> one, and it's Jesus. I'll okay. give you I'll give you an example of how that goes at my house, Chris. So, as a kid, I don't know, maybe you guys even remember this thing. My my family had this. Um, it was a nativity. It was like from Sweden. And it's this it's this wooden thing with four candles and a big propeller at the top, and the heat from the candles yeah, makes yeah. the propeller spin and makes all the and the wise men and whatever go around the the, the baby Jesus. And, and the wood would and get scorched always, from the candle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we called that the whirly gig in my family forever. <laughs> okay. And then one year we were watching. Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans, and they did a whole song called Whirligog. And so last year, I like ordered one of those things and a bunch of Teen Titans toys, and we like made a Whirligog that is that. It is it is Teen Titans as opposed to a nativity scene. <laughs> and I even got like a little yak back and sampled the Whirligog song so I can play it while it spins, and it's part of our Christmas decorations. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Why do you hate Jesus? <laughs> Why? <laughs> that's a different podcast episode. Yeah, really. That's that's not that's a whole series of podcasting right there. Why do you hate Jesus? Okay. Well, with Eric Reed. Anyway, it's kind, of, Welcome. it's kind of yeah. You know what though? It's kind of like Metallica. I don't hate Metallica. I hate Metallica fans. It's the yeah. same thing. Okay, that's fair. Welcome to go. the magnificently huge war on Christmas. We'll be your host today. Yay! Shall we do some fresh shit while we're at it? This shit is fresh! Oh, shit, that is fresh. This stuff is really fresh! I want to kick this off. I saw a great movie. A great movie. I'm No irony. I, I'm still thinking about it, and I want to go see it again. The mm, Menu. The Menu oh, is one of the best okay. movies I have seen in a very long time. It is, is a, it? a chef, a celebrity chef, who has his uh, uh, final uh, meal presentation where he has invited all of the people he despises. And all of, yeah, they each represent a trope of fandom. And it's it's not just about chefs and cooking. It's about anything where there are fans and there are detractors and there are people who glom on and... and it, it's really, it's really almost a statement on art right now, and how everything works, and and the revenge that this guy gets. It, it's just so fucking good. Everyone is perfectly developed as much as they need to be for a black comedy. You don't need deep character development. You just need everybody representing correctly. And um, hmm. yet, it's Ray Fiennes as the chef, and Anna Joy Taylor as the date of a guy who who she wasn't she wasn't initially invited so she is a monkey in the wrench for the whole thing for the chef because the chef is like i planned this whole fucking thing who are you who are you what are you doing here (laughs) and that's where the tension really comes out it's so beautiful it is so and 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 who she is is established very early on that's not the secret of the movie i just don't want to spoil it because it, it it moves from there yeah, yeah thank you for not spoiling. It's on my short list of movies I might go see later today. Fucking <laughs> <Is> it, fantastic. <laughs> it's so on the good. Menu. There's not 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 an ounce of this movie that doesn't need to be there. You know, there there's there's no gag or no really? you know, thing in there where you go, "Oh, that was that was unnecessary. That was that was blob. Nope, nope, nope. Everything works. It's like a machine. I love this movie." Interesting. <laughs> and also, I love revenge tales. I love it when Somebody gets revenge and they actually get to own their revenge. 
you know, not like <laughs> like like a revenge tale where they're stopped just in time. Like, nope, nope, nope. This is a revenge movie that that goes very nicely down. And the okay. funniest, the funniest possible ending you will not see coming. Well, I'm really. I'm I'm guessing that you probably like it because the guy that made it apparently has worked on Game of Thrones and Succession. Eric, were you aware? Oh, of that? really? Yeah. No, I wasn't. And I, and I know, and I know you like Succession very much. So that seems yeah, like it's but a, it doesn't. A good fit. It doesn't. I guess there's some of that sense of humor, but Succession, I find it, it kind of meanders. You know, this okay. this must be what you know in the, in the age of really good uh, streaming TV shows. This is what those writers do when they're forced to come in at an hour and a half. It's very toit. Mm. Like, like how does it, how does it compare to the Ratatouille? That would be my only other point of reference for a movie like this. The Ratatouille. Ratatouille. That would be yeah. the the that would the be Ratatouille. The, the, yeah, like they made they made uh, X Men X Men Two X Men Three Ratatouille and then the Ratatouille, <laughs> which was sort the of a follow up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then yeah. And then Ratatouille, X-Men Origins, a Pixar right, tale. Right. Okay, okay. Yeah. And Raccoonie. I mean, Don't forget Raccoonie. Raccoonie, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. I don't know. I think it's oh. better. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, that's fair. That's this fair. Is, this is tough because you don't want to spoil it, but I, I, I'm getting very positive vibes off of this. I recall the cast has has got a lot more heavy hitters than just those two. But oh yeah, maybe I'm misremembering. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Something yeah. Holt. Uh, Nicholas Holt. Oh, Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt. Yeah, is in it, and again, fucking brilliant as always. I mean, er, er, ever since he, he did Peter the Great, uh, I, I'm just a big fan. Luigiamo I mean, is in there. Um, I mean, oh okay. Judith I mean, Light being being awesome. Judith Light. Really? I mean, we're always. We've been in the middle of a Judith Light renaissance for a while, I think. Yeah. Angela, Samantha, Mona. Yeah. The mom from <laughs> Who's the Boss. That's a deep yeah. cut right there. Interesting. Yeah. When you both have seen it, let's discuss again in detail, because there's just so much okay. going on. It'll, that that it, should happen by it, the time we record again. <laughs> well, yeah. unless it doesn't hit streaming by then, because I'm still not going to the theaters. It Sorry, is, fellas. Yeah. It is Chris, nice. Chris is continuing to ruin our movie podcast by not going to Dude, movies. Dude, I have no, not had... Nothing, I have, yeah. Nothing takes that long to get to streaming anymore, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like the way... In 1989, Batman came out, and like six months later, it was on videotape, and everyone freaked out because they were like, God, no movie takes that little time to get on and from there on that's exactly how long it took for a movie to come out yeah now that now it's like come out like a month later on streaming they all do yeah and like yeah it makes you wonder how much money warner brothers has actually lost doing that particular setup for hbo max it's like we'll we'll put it in the theater and then two weeks later yeah well warner brothers was day and date for a while in 2020s but i mean it's not even them so like a week ago, there was a midnight firing of the CEO of Disney, and they pulled Bob Iger out of off the beach and back into <laughs> into the CEO role. And that's primarily because the guy who was running Disney before Bob Chapek uh, bet so hard on streaming and apparently just failed hard. Right, yeah. like Disney it's- Plus is not the success, and so everybody's kind of saying that between what's happening with Warner's and Discovery and what's happening at Disney with the firing of the CEO. Basically, the golden age of TV is about over. Like, they're just not going to spend the kind of money they've been spending on streaming shows yeah. real soon now. Because, well, I mean, I just, yeah, the chickens you know, are coming I, can home I say, rest. can I say, like, a thought I had on this though is like Bob Chapek was not really there long enough to for us to see what he would greenlight because this what's that Strange Worlds the the Pixar thing that just bombed that oh, was yeah, yeah, that yeah. was an that was an Iger green light. So like the things that have been failing, that, that's going to be in my fresh shit. I saw yeah, it. We'll the things okay. that have been that's shitting the bed are the things that, you know, Bob Iger said, you know, yeah, go do that. You know, star Wars land, uh, for instance, but, but they've I, been dumping, they've been dumping all the Pixar content directly to Disney plus like soul went straight to Disney plus, And then there was another one. Um, onward, Went straight to Disney Plus. Mm. What well, was that? The one with the uh, the the Troll Brothers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That was, I think, more of a COVID thing, though, because that was right when the shutdowns happened. Yeah, that's true. But so. yeah, they've 
they've been they've been just ruining Pixar. But I mean, didn't wasn't Encanto a big smash o hit, right? Yeah, yeah, I think okay. so. But that one that one was in theaters again, I think. Yeah. Maybe. I can't remember. But that one I don't was that one Pixar or was that the Disney Animation Studios? Because they've oh, kind of God, put all their know. all their top drawer stuff into Disney Animation Studios. Well, anyway. Yeah. I I we're we're miles away from from the menu. Here. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Have Eric. We moved on, or is Did, there more? Do you have, Eric? Do you yeah, have no, more no, deep that, thoughts. Deep. I, thoughts. All, all I'll right. say is I it's I'm I'm happy for once to have some fresh shit to bring that I can be this exuberant about. That's in the theaters. It's like that is I can be unironically enthused about something for once. It's nice. Yeah. It's yeah. It's an interesting age we're in now, isn't it? Yeah, been a while yeah. since well, like a movie has been good. Usually, all the streaming shows are where it's at. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take the big fat segue. I saw Strange World. <laughs> Did you know I really, um, I had no idea what this movie was, it existed or anything until like the day it came out, and suddenly I randomly saw the trailer on YouTube, mm-hmm. and I watched it, and I went, "That looks fucking terrible." Good lord. Well, <laughs> so. <laughs> Strange World joins the Atlantis movie yeah. or the Treasure Planet movie in the Disney pantheon of we're targeting 11-year-old boys with this retro-futuristic stuff and Jules Verne, and yeah. it also joins them in the pantheon of huge failures for Disney. <laughs> like ginormous um, failures. This is a giant write-off because this is like $180 million or some shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I went to see it because, first of all, we bother. You know, first of all, we're desperate for movies, right? We actually saw this in 3D. I haven't sat through a 3D movie in the theater for a long time. Um, they still do it that. It did convince me that That's if crazy. I go see Avatar, I'm going to see that in 3D because the trailer in 3D. Yeah, okay. But um, I went because I was intrigued, especially by the potential for creature design, right? Like they seem to be going hard on creature design. This thing looks like. Um, it looks like Fantastic Voyage and Fantastic Planet merged together in some way, right? right? From a visual style perspective. What we get in terms of a movie is, first of all, daddy issues on top of daddy issues on top of daddy issues. That Those are our primary conflicts. And then, <laughs> I mean... This movie is trying so hard not to crit- be criticized by the woke crowd that, like, <laughs> I considered being a Republican because <laughs> this movie is the wokest thing that Disney has ever produced it's, by a lot. <laughs> it's the wokest thing since um, woke came to woke town. That's what you it, mean. That's it, that's your. It is. It is panderingly woke. It is. You know, we've got a a full on out gay child. Um, in, as one of the protagonists, we've got the most racially di- diverse cast possible. It it just it's trying so hard not to get criticized on the internet, which of course is going to make it get criticized so hard on the internet by the people who are best at it, which is the anti woke troll mob, which is part of the reason why I think this thing is flopping. Yeah. Um. Just word I'll, of I'll, mouth of that probably would keep a lot of people out. Yeah. Well, I'll tell yeah, you, I'll tell probably. you this, I'll tell you this, Brian, this is where it kind of loses me. And for a podcast, this is difficult because this is a graphic thing. But if you look at the title logo for Strange World, it looks yeah. like they lifted it from DuckTales. And it's so annoying <laughs> that they did that. And I'm like, you can't even make a good logo. You got to just steal from one of your cartoon shows. So that's where they started to like lose me. It's like they spent a lot of money oh, yeah, on something it- really derivative. It's marketed like it's marketed towards kids in the 60s, right? It's like got the same marketing campaign that Tomorrowland had or something like that. And it's just like, who is this for? This is where nostalgia goes sideways, where you forget that you're making it for people now instead of making something that you would have dug when you were a kid. It's like, right? I I, I don't know. That's that's kind of where uh, self-involvement kills these things. I mean, but is this one is a Pixar or is this Disney Animation? This is Disney Animation Studios. Okay. Okay. And and again, there's nothing 
there's nothing wrong with it. It's it's perfectly fine. It's it's got interesting designs and the characters have motivations and it's all just been done before. It's you know, it's an environmentalist movie. Um and and you know, I came out of it going, you know, as environmentalism metaphor movies go, it was, you know, a lot less annoying than Fern Gully. You know, so there's bold that. words, sir. Bold words, but but yeah, less annoying than Fern Gully is about as f- much praise as you're getting from me on this thing. Yeah, and I'd like to know how many was, kids out there even know what Fern Gully is. I'm curious. Of course, well, who cares? Yeah. I, <laughs> nobody listens to this me. podcast. Cares. Yeah, okay. <laughs> go go yeah. watch the uh, uh, go look up on YouTube or you know anything why Robin Williams uh, uh, hated Disney. And it has everything to do with them shit hammering Fern Gully because he was also in uh, Aladdin. It's a whole. Yeah. It's actually much more interesting a story than Fern Gully, but <laughs> okay, but not yeah, as good so, as uh, Medicine Man with Sean Connery and Lorraine Bracco. Uh, <laughs> you mean I, you found I, a cure for cancer? For cancer? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry, so, Brian. Strange World was yeah it's whatever it's it exists it it will be forgotten in the same way that it, you forgot that there was two different movies called Atlantis and Treasure Planet and you yeah. just mel- merged them in your vague memories this will this will just fall into well, that Well this is abyss. what's so galling is that they Disney's going to lose like 100 million dollars on this thing and they're probably not even going to bat an eye it's all going to just be right off it's like that's just yeah, that, probably. That, that should be Cleopatra levels of killing a studio, and yet it is not, because they've got Marvel, but, and they've got... But it's close, because Marvel's Phase 4 has been a failure. Star yeah. Wars has been, like, just destroyed. It's, it, they, they don't really have a cash cow. They, they basically, they have the backlog. That's that's what's going to save them, but they don't right. have anything they new. They have the that's merchandising. Good. Yeah, that's they what I mean. Have the toy rights. That's what I mean. They're fine. Like, the shit that's been done is what is what they're living off of, but they yeah. are not creating anything new. And yeah, but I mean, it's well, so so along those lines. The rest of my fresh shit this week <laughs> okay. was the colossal disappointment that was the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Oh. Did that oh, come out? Okay. I haven't seen it. I, I came out. Yeah, I saw the, 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 the little like like avatar picture for it on the streamer, but I, I had I had no desire to see it. I was curious how that would roll. Did James Gunn do so, it? I mean James Gunn wrote it and directed it and they did it as part of the production of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And I mean, so first of all if you're going to make the anything sci-fi holiday special in a world that knows damn well the Star Wars holiday special exists, then you go there. You you go for the cheese. If you are Guardians of the Galaxy and one of the last things you did was... Um, what's that? Thor, uh, Love, and Thunder. The Knight Rider guy. Well, no, um, David Hasselhoff singing the, the uh, My Daddy Was a Planet song for the end credits of the Guardians of the Galaxy 2, then you can make fun of all kinds of of holiday special stuff that came from the Star Wars and, and have a romping good time. And James Gunn, we know, has that sense of humor and that exposure, and he does none of that. But do you, do you uh, think that's... Not- more Kevin Feige saying, "Okay, let's reel it in, Jimmy." I, I think it was Kevin Feige saying, "You've got fifty bucks, go make a holiday special," because that's about <laughs> what they spent. Um, okay. It it's just it's just half-assed. It's just so half. Now, in fairness, in fairness, because one of the things that is defining about the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff are these soundtracks. And I think that most people will get a lot more mileage out of the soundtrack to the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special than I will because they don't have a goofy-ass playlist of of crazy Christmas songs. For me, this is all like, yeah, it's Christmas music, right? But for other people, when Fountains of Wayne's I Want an Alien for Christmas you know, takes over the soundtrack, that's probably new and fun. And for me, it's like, oh, yeah, that song, you know, so... <laughs> I want an alien for Christmas Bring me an alien this year I want a little green guy about three feet high With seventeen eyes who knows how to fly I want an alien for Christmas this year I may not be the right audience 
the, 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 the plot centers around, and I'm not spoiling anything because this is the trailer. The plot centers around how Peter Quill has not really gotten Christmas, you know, because he's been in space, and Cause, uh, cause... Mantis feels sad for him. So she and Drax go to Earth to kidnap Kevin Bacon to give Kevin Bacon to Star-Lord for Christmas. Mm. That, that is what this is about. That's funny. Mm. <laughs> that's this is, funny. Maybe this is like, I'm the problem. This is, maybe I'm the problem then. That sounds like it's teetering into like uh, Ewok's Battle for Endor or some shit. I mean, it's, no, just, no, it's you know, better than that. That sounds like James Gunn. That sounds just right. I mean... Maybe it was executed poorly, but that sounds. That I, sounds I mean, at right. least Bacon's getting work. I, That's all, you know. Maybe, maybe I came into this like the fans of Star Wars came into some of those other movies, where I had the the better version of this in my head, and James Gunn didn't make it, and now I've got a big sad. I don't know. Um, it's just, it it mm. was fine, but it could have been so much more. It's it sounds um, like the the opening titles to uh, Peacemaker. Trump, whatever's going on with this thing. I felt like it. Okay. I, Peacemaker was far more inspired than this. But I'm talking Maybe just they the were opening playing titles. It safe. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. But everything about Peacemaker. Was, uh, maybe they're playing it safe because it was Christmas and they, they were worrying about the, the family friendliness of it. I don't know. I mean, but, does, does baby Jesus show up? Is there Santa Claus? I mean, what makes it Christmassy? I mean... I'm not going to spoil any more of it. Okay. Um, there, there is one particular way in which they do a quickie thing that dramatically expands the the potential of things in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's just a joke, but the ramifications of it are 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 kind of hilarious. Um, and also, the the girl from the Borat sequel, yeah. Uh, she voices um, Cosmo, the Astro Dog, mm, now. So okay. Cosmo has a voice. Um, you're not selling hey, it, man. Watch you're it not, if you've got half an hour it. to kill. It's not long. It's fine. Um, okay. But I wanted more. It'll be a good DVD extra if they ever make those again. Yeah, what's well, on Disney Plus? Okay. It's in there. Okay. Okay. It's no Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas for uh, joy. Is what I'm hearing. Well, what is really? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, okay, that's fair. Chris, Chris, <laughs> what do you got? Fresh shit. Uh, it's, it's I don't know. It's been a a slim week. We uh, my wife and I ditched Acorn, which is one of the like the British TV programming apps, because we just got tired of it, and we went back to BritBox because we got a good Black Friday deal, and so we're back on that, and uh, we finally got to watch. Mm-hmm. Or start watching uh, Matt Berry in Year of the Rabbit, which is another just genius programming from uh, Matt Berry, where it's set in uh, the late 19th century London, and he's part of the Metro Police. He's like a detective, and he solves murders, but he's like missing an eyebrow, and he's just a surly cockney, and they do these ridiculous misadventures every week in a half hour, and a whole slew of weirdness shows up. But I, he's. I love how everything on BBC is is late nineteenth century yeah. because they've got all of these props and costumes yeah, yeah. lying about, well, and it keeps the budgets well, down. And the beauty of it is, this one knows exactly what it is. It's so winky winky, like we're doing a period piece, and here la la la, and they just they make so many weird, like side references to the fact that they know exactly how fake it all is, and it's just genius. But there's a whole sub thing where uh, he plays a detective named Rabbit. Uh, and he's friends with the elephant man, like the actual elephant man, the deformed dude who's like this thespian. Okay. And so he, he's always like plugging him for like, uh, street level, like man on the street kind of thing, like how to get disguises and such. So they do like this stupid Sherlock Holmesy thing. And there's a whole episode where his, this young kid detective that rabbit is saddled with has to infiltrate a Cockney gang. So they go to- they go to the elephant man to learn how to be a cockney and it's just the most insane stupid like five minutes of just learn how to be cockney and it's so dumb uh and then there's like a whole other sidebar where a woman comes in who's the daughter of the chief of the precinct and she wants to be the first female detective and 
like she just tags along and they make like they just poke merciless fun at all of like the the normal BBC detective dramas and they just poke so many holes in all of them it's just so, <laughs> it's so much fun okay but it's if they're doing it as a joke then that's great oh yeah yeah it's the whole every 30 minute episode is just basically them taking the piss out of how to do like melodrama period pieces <laughs> on bbc <laughs> and it's just genius and it's matt berry uh to a t and it's just quite quite fun but one of like his character sticks is like if he even starts to run after a suspect he like starts to have a heart attack and then it becomes a thing where he's like i'm having heart i need you to punch me in the chest as hard as you can and so they have to stop the chase so someone can punch him to start his heart before they can go on and that is like a running gag it is just so dumb but uh highly recommended if you like that sort of thing because it's just if you like matt barry and i'm assuming that you do then gear of the rabbit is definitely right up your street and that's that's really all that we've been watching i've gotta i gotta tell you all right so well then that's the fresh shit so so this is this year is the 30th anniversary 30 years ago this year in like um, in like a week from today that we recorded, uh, it will yeah. have been thirty years. The the Muppet Christmas Carol was made, and you got to remember that this was made in the shadow of the death thirty two years ago of Jim Henson. Yep. Um, so the Muppets are are seriously wounded at this point. I was I was and, shocked, shocked to learn that this was only the fourth. Muppet movie. I just somehow yeah, I didn't, yeah, didn't register. So yeah, that was weird to me. Yeah, so so this was really the beginning of the Muppets doing, you know, later we would see Muppet Treasure Island and that sort of thing, but but this was um they took a Christmas carol and Brian Henson steps into the director's chair. And they made an adaptation of Dickens' Christmas Carol, Muppet style. And I've talked about this on the show, you know, every year, because this is a movie that actually I had never seen until I um, I got back together with Jolene, and, and, and she loved it so much and so we started watching it now this is this is like our christmas eve movie every year so you didn't watch this thing you didn't see this in the theater and you worked in a theater at the time it came out no i did not that's crazy i I did not care at the time i think i was there opening Um, night that's crazy okay interesting really yeah okay uh so well all right i don't know eric is this is this one that you have had seen any time recently before this uh, show? No, and, and I gotta say, did not age well. I it's, I was oh. in pain most <laughs> of the entire time. I was like, okay. fuck, we actually could have done a show on all of the Christmas Carol adaptations, because there's so many of them. Well, we kind of yeah, are. This being Let's just be one, one of yeah. many. But yeah, I was like, oh god, I don't like the songs. I'm not laughing. Uh, yeah. You know, it's... It's, 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 it's Michael Caine and a bunch of puppets. Yeah. Well, let's, let's go there. Let's go there just to get it out of the way. Cause that to me is the elephant in the room. Have have, have either of you ever watched, uh, uh, Luther, the show Luther? Luther. With Idris Elba. Elba. Yeah. You remember the first season, his partner who ends up killing his wife, who they end up killing at the end of the season? Spoilers. Yeah. Well, (laughs) fuck it. Luther's been out forever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that guy is uh, Ebenezer Scrooge's nephew. He's the also one who shows up. In the oh, but but he's also one of the vampires in Underworld. Yeah, uh, yeah, that too. Yeah, and but and he's like in, uh, I never would have connected him with that grown up. I just yeah, was going, yeah, yeah. This 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 actor is pretty good. He, he I should have seen him in something else by now, unless he's dead. So I had and to look have. him up. And you have, yeah. Okay, well, but Chris, you're trying to go Michael Caine. <laughs> Uh, well, well. first of all, my favorite thing about the movie in its entirety is that Michael Caine, when he got the role, uh, basically told him, he's like, I'm going to play this so straight. Like, I am in the Royal Shakespeare Theater doing A Christmas Carol. I'm not going to do any of that Muppety business. I'm going to play it totally straight. 
And that works for me because if you're in a Muppet movie, yes. the insanity tends to take over and he just doesn't waver at all from start to finish. He's just doing Alistair Sim or what have you. Yeah. And, and it's the flow through. But what Eric and was, he delivers an actual dramatic performance yeah, throughout, yeah, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. So it's it, um, it works for me. But the songs, they didn't need them. I mean, I like yep. Paul Williams, and I like what he's done in the past with the Muppets. But this, I just they're they're not good for me. They don't stick in my head. I just could do without them. And I'm wondering what you're. I was actually on that thinking. The songs were like, you can get away with songs if you've brought the funny so successfully that you have room, that basically you need to give people a moment to breathe because they've been laughing so goddamn hard. Mm -hmm. I was not laughing. It's like, be funnier before you, you know, put in songs. That's all I'm saying. Okay. It's just... mm. I... I get that. I don't... I don't think any of the songs are essential. I don't think any of the songs work on a a showstopper level or on a like pulling on your heartstrings yeah. you know tearjerker level the way that some of the best Muppet stuff does I'll I, I grant you all of that <laughs> um Thank I just you. I don't I don't mind them I think they're fine I you know they're they're sitting there in the back of my head there's magic in the air you know that's fine I mean the only one that sticks um, in my head is we're Marley and Marley whoa that was not my favorite song, it's not my I don't like but, any of them but that's the one that always sticks in my head because it's just it's that, Statler and Waldorf you know uh and then there's the whole yeah. excised uh director's cut version the song that uh if they had kept it in the movie would just stop it dead in its tracks when the the woman is singing uh, at the the park or whatever, uh, when they're doing the Ghost yeah, of Christmas Past. I mean, it's just, but oh. but it's it's also the kind of the emotional core of the ending. Like the there's a reprise of that song at the end of the movie mm-hmm. that makes no sense if that song wasn't played earlier. <laughs> Which is fine. Um, Which is there's there is a director's cut in the extras section on Disney Plus that has that song reincorporated for the first time in years on Disney Plus this year. If if you are the kind of person who does care about that, it's there. Um, but but yeah, I mean it is it is also of the more modern Christmas Carol adaptations the the most faithful, right? Like they stick to the Dickens. Um, phrasing and dialogue pretty closely um well, to the point of gonzo is charles dickens yeah and he is doing the narration i and he's just reading from the book right i applaud mostly. i applaud that choice make gonzo dickens and then have rizzo the rat as sort of the greek chorus that structurally works for yeah. me uh it becomes the most accessible version of a christmas carol in, in film to my mind uh, which is what I appreciate. Like you can sit a little kid down who's never experienced a story before and give them this, and that's a good primer. And then they can experience the the mm-hmm. more in depth version. But uh, but it was the first real use of Rizzo in any of the modern stuff, and it it endears me to him. He's one of my favorite modern characters for the the franchise now. And so if there's no Rizzo, I'm kind of out. And that's because of this movie. This movie also introduces, and I think is the only appearance I'm aware of, of Kermit and Miss Piggy's two pig daughters. <laughs> and, two, um, and two frog boys. Which, yeah. Um, it's like, yeah. Which I don't think ever ever showed up again. That They're just kind of kind of upsetting a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, if, they it's had, like, yeah. if their children had all been uh, pig frogs... I think that would have been or, very Cronenberg uh, of them, or frog frog pigs. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Yeah, that would have been more interesting. But but, but uh, they're like uncanny valley versions of Miss Piggy, right? Like they they look like Miss Piggy, but like not right. Well, I mean, they make <laughs> Grumble Pig. Yeah, Grumble Pig. <laughs> but they make uh, Robin, the Kermit's nephew, into Tiny Tim and. The only sure. thing that differentiates Robin from Kermit is the fact that he's just smaller and has a squeakier voice. And so it's like you're not dealing with a, a lot of variation <laughs> on the, the puppet design. So you really got to just do what you can. But yeah, I agree. I think a frog pig would have been much more intriguing. Or just do like Miss frog Piggy pig. is like with, with green 
green felt instead of the, the flesh oh, colored. Oh, 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 wait, wait, Tiny Tim, Tiny Tim. It's like, well, what's wrong with Tiny Tim? Oh, uh, well, a pig and a frog aren't supposed to have children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an abomination of nature. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I am an affront oh. to God. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that gets into the the way they do the characterizations. The one thing that always disappointed me about this is the the shoehorning of the Muppets into the various characters because you kind of have to make it fit the adaptation, and so you don't get a lot of Muppets per se. Like Fozzie's in there as Fozzie Wig in that flashback with Animal mm-hmm. and whatnot, and you get. Statler Waldorf and you get Sam the Eagle, but they all just kind of show up in cameos. And so to me, that's almost not really a Muppet movie at that point. It's just sort of, hey, we're adhering to this script because it's based on source material that we have to follow and whatever. I think it would have been more interesting if they had set it up like the Muppet Playhouse is putting on a rendition of A Christmas Carol. And Michael Caine is there, and then you could do a whole bunch of shenanigans in the background. That, to me, would have been more in in true form to Muppets. But Okay, and so do? for me, I guess I'm looking at it as more of a Jim Henson Studios production, right? And and so one of the choices that they make that I'm I'm really fond of is that none of the ghosts of Christmas past, present, or future are, are familiar Muppets. Right. They're all new creations of the Jim Henson Studio past is this like creepy doll thing who looks like something and from the dark crystal yeah no very very dark crystal and yeah. labyrinth yeah, yeah. vibes off of that right and present is kind of one of those just human in a big muppet suit creations yeah um and then future is is more traditional um you know grim reaper looking dude i mean but, i think they had um, they had discussed like doing actual Muppet characters for those, but it just didn't work. Like they couldn't, they couldn't make it to where people wouldn't be distracted by it and sell it. So you kind of have to like, Hey, let's make animal the ghost of Christmas future. <laughs> it's like, no, that's not going to work. Are you yeah. kidding? <laughs> You're dead. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. And again, I think it's just them getting hemmed into the corner because they're doing this adaptation, uh, which is, uh, I appreciate what they've done and it's a good movie. It's like, it honestly, it's my third favorite Muppet film. Uh, but it's just, mm. it, it leaves me lacking because they don't really go full Muppet. I wish they'd go full so Muppet. So I'm curious, I'm, I'm assuming the first favorite is the Muppet movie, the original. Yes. What would the other one be? Great Muppet Caper. That's a one, okay. that's a one, okay. two, and I've I, never seen Muppets Take Manhattan, so I can't speak to that. Yeah. I, I gotta say, my favorite is the Jason Siegel written one. The one they really? Did it's years pretty ago. good. It's not bad. Yeah, it's not it's bad. Good. It's a little too fan servicey for my taste, but you know that's just me. But I, I'll, I, I'll take that. Sure, sure. Well, I, I recognize that this that I might be the alone one on this one, but for me, this is full stop. My favorite um, adaptation of a Christmas Carol. I watch it every year. It gets me in the feels. It is part of. Christmas for me at this point, so maybe I can't be objective about it. Um, I'm not opposed to bringing other adaptations into the conversation here. Well, I mean, it's it, this is such a tough one because they've done like a thousand of these things, so it's really yeah. what what more can you bring to the tale? I but, think the the what it boils down to is which version of Scrooge do you appreciate the most? I think Michael Caine does a Michael very good Caine. job. Yeah, he does a very good job. I think he's fantastic as Scrooge. Yeah. But I uh, um, my favorite, I, I know I'll get some flack for this, uh, is Scrooged, the Bill Murray one. I, yeah. I like I, that I, one. I, I, I honestly will watch I think that it's every very, year. I think it's very well done. I think it's funny. It's funny where it needs to be funny. And, you know, that speech at the end that he gives, you know, uh, uh, on, on the live broadcast, that's perfect. That's the most, you know, uh, uh, I guess, unironic celebration of christmas of any of these things yeah uh well i think that just it's that's definitely not a kids movie 
So I think that's probably where the disconnect between these two is going to be. I think Muppet Christmas Carol is the perfect introduction. Uh, it's very accessible. It's a good way to kind of prime the pump so when the kids grow up and they're a little older, they can watch Scrooge and probably appreciate it a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, I'll watch Scrooge every year just because. <laughs> it's just got so much weirdness going on. Like when he does his Richard Burton impression in the middle. Oh, do, do you think? Yeah. Bowser with a haunted content. Which feels like it's totally random, but if you watch The Spy Who Came In From The Cold, he looks yeah. like Bill Murray more than half the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so it works. But yeah, if you look at the, the classic version, the Alistair Sim, that one's a sleeper, man. I can't watch that thing without falling asleep. Yeah. It's just tough. And then you get the, music, Eric, the musical version. I'm, I'm going to say it one more time, which is... Especially if you like Scrooged, I would give Spirited a chance to overcome your completely justified uh, skepticism. Uh, I, I, I'm curious how you'd react to Spirited. I knew you honestly. were going to bring it up, Brian. Okay. I knew you were going to bring it up. I mean, you can't. You can't yeah. Know. You can't. Well, know. it is itself an adaptation of. A Christmas Carol in the way that Scrooge is, and that is a modernization with uh, some bite, yeah, to it. Uh, um, I I was pleasantly surprised, and hopefully, I'm not overhyping it to the point where it can't live up to that expectation because I wouldn't go that far. But I I really enjoyed it. Eric will be the judge of that. Oh. Eric will be yeah. the judge <laughs> of that. Give <laughs> it a shot. Why not? Well, okay, so because uh, I don't remember a single thing about this movie. I mean. Well, so when did Eric, it come did, out? Who's in it? I know nothing. Like this uh, month, this, this is yeah. the Will Ferrell round Ryan Reynolds thing. <gasps> oh, that that thing that it's I want absolutely new. nothing to do with. Yeah, I guess yeah. I'll give it a I'm shot. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm telling, telling you, you, it it smells like it it smells really bad, right? But but yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it smells. It's of Christmas. better than you think. Okay. Anyway, Alistair Sim puts you to sleep. Chris agreed. Uh, agreed. The musical version is terrible. It's just hey. It's it's sort of like in in the tall guy with Jeff Goldblum when they're doing the musical version of the Elephant Man. It's just like it doesn't need to happen. Elephant, elephant. <laughs> uh, and then the weird George C. Scott version they did in the early '80s. It's like a, it's yeah. like he's he's not English. B, it's it's Patton doing Scrooge. It just doesn't <laughs> yeah. work for me. You know, it's like all uh, I remember oh. are the commercials for that. Yeah, because uh, like, they were a lot of commercials. Right. I, yeah. I remember as a kid. There was an American Christmas Carol with Henry Winkler as yes. uh, Scrooge, and the mm-hmm. whole thing took place in, like, you know, I don't know, a Pennsylvania coal town or something. Oh, it's just yeah, there's so much that you could do. Like, like you look at Christmas Carol, and you think, oh, Muppet Christmas Carol. It's like that's got to be the zaniest fucking thing on the planet, and they play it so straight to the point where it almost makes it unpalpable to me. Uh, yeah. But there's enough here that I enjoy overall, but. I just, I full on just had expected them to go crazy with it. And it was just too, too true. And I think maybe that's the result of, because like you said, Brian, it was right after Jim Henson's death and they were kind of just feeling Mm -hmm. around trying to get Muppets back on track after the, the heart and soul is gone. And, uh, it's a worthy effort, but then they followed up with Treasure Island. It's like, so what's next? It's like the, like the Muppets do War and Peace. It's like they just decided they were going to do all these adaptations for for a while because it was easy to do. Pride and Prejudice and Muppets. Yeah, yes. yeah. So um, yeah, uh, <laughs> it just loses me. Ah. Uh, um. But yeah, I mean, I'm not hearing Chris. I'm not hearing you advocate for a superior Christmas Carol. Uh, there, there really isn't any, I, as far as I go. And I'm, I said this a couple shows back. I'm like, for me, this is the definitive version, uh, be- okay. because it's so accessible. Like everybody's got their own take on the material, but this one. Okay. Wait, wait. So you're saying this is, this is a good Christmas Carol. It's just not a good Muppet right. movie. Yeah. Okay. Which is, which is, a, okay. it's, it's a fine line. I appreciate that, but it just, you know, as a Muppet movie, it, it doesn't work entirely for me. But there's enough Muppety stuff in it to where I will give it a boost. It's still my third okay, favorite. I've, I've got the idea for the Superior Christmas Carol adaptation. Okay. okay. Oh, please. Please Let's do. do it. Okay. Does it. And this okay. would be the guy who hates Christmas, but isn't 
like uh, emotionally manipulatable like scrooge is so like the ghosts show up and it's like you know i'm a ghost uh, christmas uh, okay i don't like christmas still so fuck you it's like well you'll be visited mm-hmm. by three ghosts oh, okay okay sure i got i got stuff to do i'll, I'll be here and so then ghost of christmas past shows up and says, this is what happened in your past yeah and that guy's an asshole and that's why i don't like christmas big surprise you know my mom beat me you think i'm gonna like look at this shit look at that guy did to me this is fuck you fuck you and fuck christmas and then it's um okay well here's christmas present and this is what your friends are doing right now it's like oh wow they really are enjoying christmas without me here sounds like i'm doing the right thing by not getting into their space huh (laughs) you know like just basically shoots down one by one all these arguments and then goes to christmas future shows up Shows him his grave and he goes, Oh, wait, I die? Hey, newsflash, everybody dies. Everybody ends up here. Liking yeah. Christmas, not liking Christmas, I'm in that box. Doesn't you know what, matter. You know what, and Eric? so by the end of it, and by the end of it, he's just like, Still hate Christmas. Fuck you. And that's that's the end. You know what, Eric? Uh, uh, <laughs> when you when you pitch it at the very end, you go, and it's called a Gen X Christmas Carol. But um Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean Jesus. He doesn't learn he yeah, doesn't the learn tagline any- will be suck it, boomers. Yeah. He doesn't learn a lesson <laughs> from square one. Jesus. No. Yeah. We're already smart enough. We don't need to know more. Yeah. But ah, I don't know. It's just but am I wrong? It's like that does it it needs more Muppets. Is is that just well, me. It's I, more think, funny I think. I think what you're Seems saying like all is all the comedy came from the side characters. You know, yeah, Rizzo. Rizzo is like you say. They're all playing it straight, so there's yeah. no yeah. funny. That that that's just it. Like this marks the beginning of a phase of Muppets that they're different from the Muppets we grew up with in the 70s. Yeah. Okay, like the rats weren't part of that, and the rats become like a big deal starting here and right. going forward in Muppets, right? Rizzo becomes a big deal starting here and going forward, and Rizzo wasn't one of my Muppets. So I'm immediately alienated from it in a way that I think maybe a kid 30 years ago wouldn't have been because they were just kind of always present. Right. Um, you know, but yeah, there's not, there's no like crazy Harry blowing things up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, it's and, just, there's just not enough of uh, like, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem, uh, any of that yeah. stuff. I'm like, even like Great Muppet Caper, at least they managed to incorporate a giant number of Muppets, even like the secondary players, because uh, they're living in the Happiness Hotel. They found a way to integrate it, but still use the core crew. And here it's just, I don't know. Oh, well, we need someone to play this role. Let's bring them in. And it's almost like, well, we've got a repertory company now. So let's just do this. And that's sort of where it, it diminishes somewhat for me. It's just not Muppety enough. Sorry. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of fun gags, but they they go whizzing by, right? Like you know, they do a whole vegetable cart of singing vegetables for like one phrase in one song, and then yeah. it's gone. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff that's like that that's just kind of blinking. You'll miss it. Like upon watching this year on year, there's always at least some gag that I had either forgotten about or hadn't noticed before. So there is a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, but well, None of it is, is yeah, just completely manic and in your face the way the original Muppet stuff was. Well, I mean, technically, it's great. The production is spot on. Like, they build that entire, like, London town set, but in miniature yeah. and, like, with forced perspective and the whole nine yards. I mean, it's, it's really pretty, but it's just at the service of uh, a Christmas carol. I mean, it's like we all know the story. They could have just gone a little bit zanier. Uh, for my taste. So yeah. I don't know. But what gets me is that every time I think this was the first Muppet thing I watched where it finally dawned on me when Dr. Bunsen Honeydew shows up, he's wearing eyeglasses, but he doesn't have any eyes. He has no eyes. And that, yeah. and I never caught that before until I watched this one night and I went, Oh my, I can't unsee that now. Are you kidding? Now. You never caught that? It just, it, it's That's- sort of like the, the That's joke from, always been a thing for me. We're like, like, what's wrong with him? I think because I was always uh, watching Beaker, you know? He was sort of like the, <laughs> the sleight of hand thing, and I never really paid attention to Bunsen Honeydew. And then one time I was watching this, and I went, he's got no eyeballs, but he wears glasses. Why does he wear glasses? 
and it, <laughs> it just sort of uh, here, 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 here here's my here's my criticism <laughs> um uh, this one bug this thing bugs me a little bit each each time i watch this which is okay so earlier in in the, in the story we've established that you know Scrooge is such a such a humbug that he wants all of his people to at least work part of the day on Christmas Day, mm-hmm. and and he's sort of begrudgingly fine. I won't bother being open because nobody else will be, and they're all dumb. And then what happens on Christmas morning? But he turns to the homeless bunny and he's like, "Go to the shop and buy the turkey because yeah, apparently yeah, yeah. the butcher guy is working <laughs> yeah, exactly. on yeah. Christmas." Yeah. And <laughs> and then somehow that turkey's going to get cooked anytime soon. You know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, I like the also, fact that he gives kind of bit of a plot hole, yeah, yeah. but yeah. also kind of sucks for that turkey muppet. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I like that. Yeah, he I'm also being murdered. Ah! But he also makes the point Christmas. to show up to to Cratchit's house, played by Kermit, and say, "Oh, by the way, you're you're getting a raise." But then, for all the stupid other clerks, he just gives them an extra bucket of coal for the winter. It's like I'm like he's literally giving his workers coal for Christmas. It's like Santa gives that to people that have been bad. It's like the connotation is just always a little bit off for me. It's like you're just shitting all over them one way or the other. I don't care how enlightened you are now. Ugh. I think maybe that got lost with time. It seems to me there was a time in history where getting coal for Christmas was like, oh, thank God I won't freeze. Yeah. You know? Right. <sighs> Not freezing is, is actually much better than uh, a Star Wars toy. If you're gonna, if you're gonna put the two right next to each other, it's it's kind of like getting socks, though. It's it's practical, but yeah, man. <laughs> if you already have socks, yeah. But if you don't have any socks, socks is is awesome. Yeah. If you don't have, see? if you don't own any socks, I recommend you go out and get a couple of dollars and buy you some socks because socks are fucking great. <laughs> and then when they <laughs> when they wear out, you can make puppets out of them, and then. Re- revisit the Christmas Carol with puppets made out of socks. It's like, uh, wow, you're blowing my mind, yeah, right? Right. Uh, so, okay, given all of the cameos from the Muppets, who's your favorite Muppet cameo in this? Hit me. In this, yeah. I mean, there aren't really like of of actual Muppets. Not yeah, of, yeah. Uh, there's obviously not a lot of celebrity cameos. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's true, and that's the okay. other thing that's missing is that that usually they do the all the celebrity cameos, which are totally gone. So thanks. That's yeah. another nail in its coffin. I'm I'm gonna go with uh, Sam the Eagle yes. as the strict uh, schoolmaster Agreed. of oh. young Agreed. Scrooge. Yeah, I always go for Sam the Eagle. I think <laughs> Sam the Eagle should have had a show on Fox News. <laughs> well, I like his cameo here because he totally just like. That's the American way. And then they got to whisper to him. It's like, we're doing a British program. It's yeah. Like, oh, that's the, you know, it's like, that's so Sam the Eagle. It was so spot yeah. on. Uh, so always enjoy that. But yeah, that's, that's a good call. Cause that's definitely my, my favorite of the Muppet cameos. But I agree from early, yeah. like they, they definitely needed to do the frigs or the pogs or whatever you want to call them for the children. They just, they missed the mark on that one. I think that would have been so much better. <laughs> Grundle pig, it's Eric. Grundle pig, yeah. Why did uh, you folks. do this to me? Why? Yeah, really. <laughs> and then later in the like, tiny Tim, like, kill me, put the shotgun in his mouth, <laughs> <laughs> and then they can sing a song. Uh but I don't know. So, so you would rate you would rate this as one of your big time holiday flicks, then, Brian, is what you're saying. Oh yeah, okay. no, this this every year. at this point, you know, there's there's sentiment here and there's memories here, and so for me, this is this is a perennial Christmas that that actually holds up. Like unlike a Christmas story, I actually want to watch this every year. Um, <laughs> That's fair. So That's fair. That, <laughs> That speaks highly in its favor. For I me. mean, last year we did Christmas Vacation, and we all basically shit all over it. And I would, I would rate this one higher than Christmas Vacation, definitely. Oh yeah, I just, yeah, I just feel bad for Muppet Christmas Carol because the year it came out, ninety two, uh, it did not make any money. It fucking tanked, man. It was like sixty one or something. It made barely twenty one million. because uh, it was up against Oof. Batman Returns and Home Alone. It went up toe-to-toe with home alone 2 that holiday season it was even 
vying with Aladdin around the same time. It's like nobody really cared. It just wasn't an event movie like a Muppet movie should be. And it just got oh, There probably would have been a fair amount of skepticism of like, well, why do I want to see a Muppet thing when Jim Henson's dead? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you so, know. you know, it is what it is. Unless but they're as, trading off of that, which is also kind of cynical. But again, cynicism, Christmas. There, there you, you know. go. But, uh, it's like chocolate you know. and peanut butter. But uh, through the, you know, the magic of video and blockbuster, it, it sort of gained a foothold, I think. So it's now well more regarded than it probably was at first. So. Huzzah. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> yes. And so, folks, if, if you want to enjoy the Ghost of Podcast Past, subscribe to the podcast and listen to some of our old episodes because you've just had the, the podcast present. And we're going to be back next year, 2023, with Podcasts Future, and they're going to kill you. Okay? Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, if you thought Grundle Pig was funny, oh my gosh, we've got years worth of that kind of nonsense, uh, right? Uh, anyway, okay. uh, we're we're gonna take a hiatus between now and uh, the new year. Uh, this will run sometime in December, and then we'll do some reruns or something. But but we'll be back with all the usual shenanigans. Uh, we're looking forward to to next year. Subscribe to the podcast, share it on social media feeds. If you want to reach out to us, try us on Twitter, at MagHuge. Maybe that's still around. Uh, you can hit us up on email, uh, MagnificentlyHuge at gmail.com, or find our Magnificently Huge podcast on Facebook or Instagram, and maybe we'll check over the holidays. Maybe we won't. Hit us up. Find out if we notice. Hey, we'll see you all next year. Merry Christmas. Humbug. Merry Christmas. Humbug. <laughs>